Hi everyone and welcome to That Teacher Podcast. My name is Josh Vine, your host, and this podcast is dedicated to helping teachers consider how they're teaching and whether it is effective. We want to inspire you to consider how you can get more out of your students and have better learning outcomes. So without any further ado, let's get into it. Hi everyone and welcome to That Teacher Podcast. We are so excited that you're here and this is our first ever podcast uh, looking at improving teaching and improving student learning outcomes. Today we are so excited to bring you the first episode and today we're talking about uh, checking for understanding. We call this CFU for short but checking for understanding and today we have uh, a friend of mine, Amanda Pete, who is a co-coach uh, at the school that we both work at. And we are both teacher coaches and we love teaching and we also love coaching and uh, it's been such a, an awesome privilege to work with you, Amanda. Thanks, in, Josh. In coaching teachers Ooh. and the journey of that. Um, Amanda, do you want to just quickly give us a, a rundown of, of your background when it comes to teaching and coaching? Sure. I've been a teacher for many years, Josh. <laughs> um, I have always loved teaching. Um, I am a primary teacher by trade. I love working with those young students. I currently teach primary art, which I absolutely love. And I've been doing instructional coaching probably for the last six or seven years in different roles. I found myself now heading up a, an instructional coaching team at our school, uh, for which I feel so excited and passionate about because what better job could there be than walking alongside teachers to help them uh, do the best job they can to make the students learn as effectively as possible. Yeah, that's awesome. And I'm part of that team. You are part of that team. I am part of that team and I get to coach uh, many of our teachers at our yes. school as well. And it's such a privilege. Um, I really, I actually am very, very privileged to be yes. able to do that and to walk the journey with our teachers. Yeah. Uh, some of our teachers are, are fresh out of uni yeah. um, and to have someone allocated to them to mm. think about how they're teaching and whether they are doing that effectively, like how, how helpful is that? I mean, I wish I had that when I first got out of uni myself. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a high school PE teacher and it would have been great to have, um, you know, another PE teacher come alongside and say, have you thought about this? Is this, you know, maybe the best practice or, or whatever? So, yeah. so, so helpful. And um, so as coaches, we, we get the opportunity to see so many different teaching styles, um, ways of teaching. Yeah. And this podcast is designed to, I guess, take all of the, the knowledge and the, the experience that we've had mm. watching so many teachers over so many mm. years and bring that to those who are listening to maybe get them thinking about, okay, so how am I teaching? Um, because we know that teaching is an art. It's a, it's a skill. It's a yeah. science. Um, and there's people out there who probably think, you know, I'm teaching well. I've been teaching for a long time. Mm. And what I would say to that is um, we need to be careful as teachers that we don't get into the, the space of thinking that number of years equals perfection or that we've made it, but we expect growth from our students. We expect them to get better at what they do. And I think as teachers, we have to model that. We have to demonstrate what it looks like to be a lifelong learner, to be someone who's constantly you know, analysing our practice and wanting to get better and, and grow. And I think that's the least we can do for the students that we teach. 100%. So, I mean, I mean, checking for understanding is so important. And when it's done well, 
it's such a powerful tool in helping to build relationships with the students. That's right, Josh. It's constantly communicating a message to every single learner in our class. It's saying, your success is important to me. Um, saying, I know exactly where you are in this new skill or content, and I really believe that you can do this. Yeah, how good is that? I mean, and it'll say also, I'm going to help you get there. That's right. Because I know exactly where you're at in, in your understanding, now I can help you move from that place to where you need to get to next. Exactly. And it's stepping them through, you know, one by one, just getting through the content um, and knowing exactly where every student's at at any given moment in the lesson. It's so powerful because you are telling the students that their learning is important to you. Yeah. And that is helping build a positive relationship with your students. You're not just teaching them and leaving it up to chance if they get it or not. You are never leaving a student behind. It's so powerful. Yeah. And then as a student, that just shows you know, my teacher cares about yeah. me. I'm valued. They, I'm valued. I'm important. Yeah. Um, and, and they really know yeah. who I am and what I, where right. I'm at. So, I mean, I mean, one of the things that is so impressive about checking for understanding is how effective it is. I, I mean, know. The effect size on checking for Enormous. understanding is, at, like, off the charts. So the charts. when we talk about, um, you know, John Hattie, he's done his research mm. uh, regarding what is effective teaching practices. Um, checking for understanding or formative assessment, and because checking for understanding is a form mm. of, get that, a form of, formative assessment, um, it comes out at a 0.9 effect size, which is massive. I mean, uh, for those who aren't familiar with John Hattie's work, um, a 0.4 effect size uh, for a teaching practice basically means that um, for one year's uh, input as a teacher, the students are going to grow by one year. Um, Formative assessment or checking for understanding what we're talking about today has a 0.9 effect size. What this really means is, is that as a teacher, if you're doing this in your classroom, you are getting over two years of growth in for, one year. for the one year of input yeah. that you're putting in. Amazing. I mean... Why wouldn't you want to do this well? Exactly. Uh, if you're sitting in the car right now listening to this, I'm hoping that you're kind of going, well, I need to start doing this because... I want to get two years' growth out of one year's input. I don't know about you, but as a teacher, that's what we want. It's important to realise or remember that checking for understanding or formative assessment is not going to be effective if the teacher doesn't do something with what they are getting back from the students. So they've got to modify the way that they're teaching or what the students are doing to increase the student learning. And that's where it becomes powerful. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's great information, but what you do with it Exactly. is so much more important as a teacher. You, we, we've got to consistently check for understanding so that we're then informed to make the next move that's going to move the students along on in their, their journey, learning. Yeah, in their learning. Fantastic. So, Josh, checking for understanding is a concept that all of us as teachers are really aware of, like right from first-year out teachers. We know we've got to check that our students understand what we're talking about, but often it's done ineffectively. Yeah, it is, and... Some of those ineffective ways are things that I've done and I'm sure you've yeah, done. And for sure. Things like, um, has anyone got any questions? Does that make sense? Um, did you get all of that? Uh, everyone does, understands. Does everyone understand? <laughs> yeah. And, and we kind of get sort of maybe a few nods or we often see as teachers, I don't know about you, but silence is good. Yeah. Um, we think that, okay, no one said no. Um, that must mean that they all get it. Mm, but that's a miss. 
conception. It is. Because sitting there in the class are students that are too shy to answer or embarrassed or they think they've got it correct, so they say, yeah, I understand, but there are misconceptions there that they're not aware of. And we're not aware of as teachers if we don't specifically check. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we've talked about what checking for understanding doesn't look like. What does effective checking for understanding look like, though? Well, the best way, Josh, is to have everyone thinking or answering at the same time. There are so many different ways that we can do this, Um, but it's far more powerful if you're checking for understanding with everyone in the class at the same time if possible. Yeah, I think one of the traps that we fall into as teachers is that we take uh, a student's single response and we think that because that student understands, that must mean the whole class now understands. Um, And I know that at our school, we have a no-hands-up policy. Um, You don't get to answer a question because you have your hand up. In fact, it's discouraged, I guess, and we're encouraging students to not put their hands up because we want to pick non-volunteers. Well, we want everyone thinking about the answer. We want everyone to be ready to share an answer. Absolutely. So how can we make that happen in the classroom? How can we get everyone thinking and then getting everyone's feedback to the teacher so that we know whether or not the students have mastered the content or understand the content. These individual screens or whiteboards enable students to answer multiple checking for understanding questions all at the same time. It's engaging every single student in their learning and it gives the teacher an opportunity to see all at once exactly who understands and has got the content or the skill and who needs more teaching. Yeah, it's so good. I mean, I use it in my classes. I teach right up to year 12, um, HSC students, and even uh, older students like that can have uh, great success with using the whiteboards. And and then I still get some great feedback. I can be asking questions that are really, you know, quite highfalutin, um, difficult to answer, Mm. get everyone to write their response on the whiteboard, chin it, we call it chinning it, basically putting it under your chin and showing me. And I look across everyone's whiteboard as a teacher and I know that my students have either mastered the content or whether or not they, they need to have it retaught to them. Yeah. So it's so, so helpful, so, so great as a, a tool for feedback. I just love it so much. And it's something that I certainly didn't do when I first started teaching. It was just ask a question to the whole class, students put up their hand who know it, yeah. pick someone who has their hand up. And the feedback that that's giving me is that, A few kids know it, but I don't know if everyone knows it. And it's always the same student. I mean, you know, if if you've been teaching for a while, you know the same students always put their hands up. And it really lets everyone off the hook, doesn't it? I mean, as a a student, you're hoping that that other student's going to put their hand up and answer the question, which means you don't have to think. You get to have a little relax and and forget about what's going on in the classroom because we know little Johnny's going to put his hand up to answer the question. But having individual whiteboards changes the culture to we're all engaged in our learning all of the time. It's yeah. really powerful. Yeah, it really is. And, I mean, we know that not every school has uh, the ability to have, you know, individual whiteboards or mm-hmm. show me apps on iPads. So one of the things that we've even uh, also done is we've actually just had laminated mm-hmm. A4 paper, yeah. um, which is obviously, you know, white A4 paper, you laminate it and, boom, you have a whiteboard. Yeah. Um, and you or can you can just have a section those. in your textbook in your exercise book, sorry, and you can just have a couple of pages in there that are used as your show me pages. Like you can be really creative how you do it. You can just use blank paper, newspaper, scrap paper, however. Another uh, thing that is really a really great strategy is uh, pair share. 
How have you used pair share in your classroom, Josh? Yeah, uh, pair share is so helpful when you want to know um, that everyone's thinking. And yeah. so as a, as a teacher, you're delivering some content and then you want to know whether or not the students have understood it and you ask a question. Mm-hmm. And instead of just picking one student who's a non-volunteer to give you the, the answer, you say to everyone, okay, talk to your partner. You have 10 seconds now to discuss your answer. And let them have a, a discussion about it. Let them verbalise what it is that is going on in their mind. Mm. And it's a really powerful tool. And you watch every student get engaged in yes. having to think yeah. because they also don't know which pairing or which student's going to be asked yeah. what their response was. Yeah. And I, I also like the strategy of not asking the student to tell me what they were thinking, but what did your partner say to you? Yes. And it's that encouraging way listening. it encourages listening. It's It's so cooperative and if you do that with a a couple of pairings around a room you start to get a picture of that the class either has the content understands it or doesn't understand it and one of the other little tweaks that you can do to this is once you've got someone's response I also ask the the class to put up their hand if they had a similar response and that gives me feedback that the class was talking about the same thing that they were all on the same page they were understanding the concept and now we can move from there to the next concept that I need to teach them. Yeah, that's so good. And Josh, if you've got students in your class that are shy or really hesitant to want to speak out loud in front of the whole class, giving them the opportunity to pair share is a really uh, great step in between. It's kind of like a crux. It gives them the confidence and the ability to verbalise what they're thinking. And also that little bit of extra processing time before they have to share something with the whole class. Yeah, it really is great. Uh, I think we talked earlier about picking non-volunteers and how important that is. And I think, you know, for those who are listening, one of the really simple tweaks that you might be able to do as a bit of a quick, you know, what am I going to do with this podcast that's going to affect my next teaching, uh, my next lesson, I should say. Um, I would encourage you to just start picking non-volunteers. Start encouraging the idea that we don't always pick those with their hands up, but instead we pick uh, anyone and everyone. Checking for understanding needs to take place every single time you teach something new. So I say to the staff that I coach, teach, check, teach, check, teach, check. The whole way through the lesson, you are constantly checking for understanding. Yeah, well, it's it's got to be something that's continual because at any point the students may not understand and you may need to uh, go back to yeah. a spot where they lost yeah. it, where, where you lost them or they lost you. Or or if you've checked for understanding and you know they've got it, you can just keep on moving yeah. through the lesson. I mean, how good is a feeling as a, as a teacher to get this reinforcement over and over again? I'm teaching well. My kids are getting this. Yeah. Okay, so we've, we've found that think, pair, share is such a great way to do checking for understanding. We know that individual whiteboards and devices can be used to do that as well, as well as picking non-volunteers. I mean, how helpful is that as well? Uh, for checking for understanding too, just keeping every student thinking and and realising that they have to participate and that they could get called upon to give an answer. Um, But some of the other ways that we can check for understanding as well are just simple ones like having the students restate the content that you've taught in their own words. You know, tell your partner in your own words what you've just learnt or getting the students to come up with an example of what you've taught as well. Uh, and that just gets them thinking and having to apply what you've taught in a new context. Mm. And that's so important. And once you then call upon the students to give you 
the content in their own words or a related example, you then know that the students have got it because they've been able to apply what you've taught them. Um, I guess one other really effective way that we found as coaches and, and we encourage this from our teachers too is to um, ask a question about the content that you've been teaching and it needs to be a closed question, something that has a simple answer and get the students to think about it and then in unison give a response altogether, a verbal written, a verbal response or a written response but done in unison. Yeah, so Josh, can... this really ensures that everyone answers with no copying or hiding. They're all just, they all have to think, they all have to be ready and they all have to answer together. It's a perfect way for the teacher to see who knows the content, who's sure, and who's not sure. And it's okay either way. It's just informing the teacher of what the students know and what they don't know yet. Yeah, I agree. I mean, unison response is such a powerful tool. Um, So how do we get the whole class to answer together? It's really important, Josh, to establish a routine in our class. Um, So we start by assigning a problem or a question to the class, and we get everyone to solve it quickly. And then on a teacher signal... The students hold up their boards or answer in unison. The idea is that if they all do it on cue, no time is wasted and no one can copy or hide in the back of the class or, or um, just not, not complete the, the work. So we want everyone to answer on signal. And then as soon as the um, students have received feedback from the teacher, they put their boards down and they're ready for the next instruction. Wow, so it's, it's super quick and super efficient. When it's done well... It's powerful and efficient, but it needs to be implemented effectively and consistently and maintained with diligence. This is the key. It doesn't work if it's ad hoc. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, super helpful stuff. Mm. Um, In every episode, we want to give our listeners an opportunity to grab a hold of something that is really simple from our podcast and be able to just go with it and use it straight away. I mean, there's probably people who are possibly listening to this right now they're in the car, they're on their way to class and they're thinking, okay, this is great, but what, what is my grab and go? What is my, 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 the thing that I'm just going to grab onto and use in the next 10 minutes or the next, the next lesson that I have to teach? So, um, Amanda, what's, what's the grab and go for today? Okay, the checking for understanding. The grab and go is once you've taught a concept, ask a question to the whole class, not individual students, ask a question to the whole class. Get the students to pair share the answer together. Give them the chance to verbalise their thinking and then pick a non-volunteer. Ask those students, non-volunteers, what is your answer, what's your response? Or if you don't want to ask a non-volunteer, do whole unison response. Get the whole class answering. Yeah, I mean, that's such a simple thing, such a simple tweak Mm. to what most of us do as teachers anyway. There's no extra preparation, but you get extra effectiveness to what you're doing. Yeah, Josh, when I think back to what I was like as a new teacher, I look, I worked so hard, but I survived on sheer energy and enthusiasm alone. I did not have the tools in my toolbox to know how to be effective. And I'm still passionate and enthusiastic now, but I know I am so much more effective in my teaching and checking for understanding is crucial in that. We want to thank you today for joining us on That Teacher Podcast. I want to thank Amanda Pete for being with us today as well. It's been great to catch up and talk all things checking for understanding. But we hope that this podcast has been helpful for you and thinking about your teaching, we hope that it's just providing some very simple tweaks to what you do but it's going to have some massive effectiveness 
in your classroom and for your students and their learning. So from us, we want to say thank you for being here and we'll see you next time.